Bonjour, and welcome to Des Trois Stranges. Be our guest. Be our guest. I was amusing myself way too much when I was driving to your house the other day. I'm going, Des Trois Stranges. <laughs> Just, you know, if we were French. I mean, it's the foundation of the city, so yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're the Paris of the Midwest. I'll keep saying it until someone believes me. I mean, that's what some shirt somewhere says. Yeah. Actually, I don't see that on shirts that often now that I'm thinking about it. Like, I know it is, you know, a, a phrase, but. Yeah. I think just like the, the city's gotten known for so many more things than being the Paris, the Midwest. Like. That's true. Like, I'm sure if it was like Branson, Missouri, the name Paris, the Midwest would have stuck. But like Detroit's got other things going for it. Uh, I don't know. Branson, Missouri, I'm pretty sure has Paul Bunyan and, and Babe the Blue Ox. Sure, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Why I know that? No clue, but Did it you popped in my when you head. Were flying over it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I watched No Time to Die yesterday because it came out in DVD Blu-ray combo pack. First of all, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's only the second time I've seen it. Which you're like, the second time you've seen that movie that came out like a month ago, and I'm like, yeah. But it's me, and it's a Bond movie. I've only seen it twice. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm glad I watched it a second time because I was like, I was honestly like nervous going into it because I was like, wasn't sure if I liked it after the first watch mm-hmm. because there was just a lot going on, and it's a very emotional movie. Okay. And so watching it again, I'm like, no, this is this is the this is the ending that Daniel Craig era deserves. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you have resolved your feelings with that movie. Yes. You've repaired that relationship. Yeah. It's always a good feeling. Yeah. It's it's the relationship of my life, me and Bond, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the great love story of my life. <laughs> I did something kind of weird with my watching. And this is a thing I have to actually pay attention to. So I find myself like turning it off and waiting until I can yeah, watch yeah. it, watch it. But I'm watching, um, I forget the title, but the Versace, the, the death of Versace. Oh, the assassination of Gianni Thank Versace. You. Yes. Yeah. And, but here's the weird thing. So I started it. I don't know, late last week. And I watched a couple episodes and it was kind of a weird cadence, like the the order of things. Yeah. And I was like into it or whatever. I started it in the middle of the series because then I was watching it and then it was like, it kept going. And then I noticed all of a sudden I was watching episode one. Uh-huh. And then things started to make more sense because there were characters that would pop in and they'd be like, oh, I already came here to talk to you. Why didn't you tell me this thing kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's because I just jumped in in the middle of the series. So I missed the first like half of the episodes. So it makes sense is why you're like, why does it seem like something is missing? Yeah. And now I'm watching it. And I don't know how that happened because I don't think I started watching it before. Is there anyone else on your Netflix account or whatever service it's on? I mean, there is. It's Netflix, but there they all have their own profile and yeah. also nobody I think I'm the only one who would be like ooh this is about this is like a true crime but yeah. Ryan Murphy you know thing yeah. I don't know if anybody else on my account fits that profile not to say they couldn't watch it but I just it's the less likely you're the most imagine. likely yeah yeah so it's very strange and I'm not sure what happened there but I like it <laughs> yeah it like I said I think I watched like the first episode Cause that's all I had access to at one point, and then I just like never went back because it was like mm-hmm. one of those things where I had to like wait a week, or then it was behind paywalls or something. I was just like, eh. I think it's a really good show, but yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. I would only want to watch it if it was bingeable. Yeah. 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 Even though I keep like walking away from it too for a little bit, but I still... just like knowing you can see more if you mm-hmm. want. Instead of like, oh god, now I have to wait because it's like a long movie, basically. Yeah. It's not a, you know, some TV shows are, each episode is separate. Yeah. This is not. Yeah. This builds. See, I've just kind of been like rewatching Sex in the City. I just jumped right into season three. Okay. Which I think is one of the best seasons. I cannot weigh in on that, but yeah. I'm sure you are correct. Aiden's trash. Oh, yeah. I do not like him. Mm. Because he seems like super chill and go with the flow. But at the end of the day, it's always his flow. He's like an improviser that doesn't listen. Yeah, but Carrie's also awful. So, yeah, no, I'm not saying that she's great by any means, but Mm -hmm. just like in terms of like the men she dates, everyone's like, oh my God, Aiden, he's the one that got away. I'm like, no, he's the one who was there. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I love any of them. Yeah. No, they're like, they're all kind of, you know, problematic in some way or just trash. Mm -hmm. Like real men in real life. Yeah, girl. (laughs) At least in my experience. Yeah. Which is why I'll keep my fictional relationship with James Bond. Sure. (laughs) I'll keep my fictional relationship with my vision board. Love it. (laughs) On that note. Yeah. Um. Well, we're just sipping on some cozy coffee today, which yes. is delightful. Yes. I've been drinking so much coffee lately, I feel like. I've been drinking it daily, which is not always a thing for me, but I I don't think it's too, like, it's usually like a glass. Yeah. So, although I did notice you have Kahlua over there. So if I sneak away, you'll know why. No, I'm just kidding. Go for it. Um, kidding. I put a disclaimer on that Kahlua of like, I don't know when that's from. I don't know if Kahlua goes bad. No. I don't think it does. No. Okay. Some of those like creamy liqueurs, you're like, I don't know. That one's not really creamy though. That's true. I'm thinking of Bailey's. Mm-hmm. And even that one, no, you're yeah. fine. As long as it's closed and there's no bugs in it, like that would be the. Yeah. Because there's no dairy. In, well, maybe in Bailey's there is some actually because they do have the almond milk variety ones. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Me neither. Oh, well. We're not a dairy podcast. No. But I do have a story for you because we are a story podcast. Yes, I it was. I, I was hoping you did. Yes. That is wonderful news. So, it's a Christmas miracle. Yes. Well, yeah, because this is almost Christmas the day this comes out. Yeah. But have you heard of Huntington Place? Like the bank? No. The woods? No. Then no. Have you heard of TCF Center? I, they're changing it, right? Yeah. I almost said that as a third thing because I heard that. Yeah, no, they they just changed the name to Huntington Place mm-hmm. on like the 8th. I thought it had to do with the bank. That's why. Oh, it like it has to do with, it's not the bank though. It's like Huntington is the bank, but like Huntington Place okay. is Cobo Hall. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I meant when I said like the bank. Gotcha. I thought you meant like a like a branch of the bank. Oh and no, I'm no, like, no, no, no. Only because like I heard that change. Then I couldn't remember where I heard it, and I was like, or was that in a dream? I where did I hear that, <laughs> and why? Because that does not roll off the tongue. Huntington Place. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. Well, I got the scoop for you. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Huntington Place, TCF Center, Cobo Hall, all the same name for the same building, but always Cobo Hall. Mmm, Kobo's trash. We'll get to it. Oh, well, that's... Yeah, it was a good thing they changed it. Okay. I'm going to think of a new name by the end then. Okay. We'll do it. We'll give it a new name. Okay. We'll just have to buy out T... Well, Huntington. Get the naming rights. Oh, you know, no problem. We'll start a GoFundMe. The profits that we (laughs) we make currently from... Yes. Definitely can compete with a bank for naming rights. For sure. So, for those of you who don't know, Kobo Hall... TCF Center, Huntington Place. I'm just going to call it The Hall from now on. And that's the new name now. <laughs> yes, just The Hall. Uh, so it's a convention center in downtown Detroit. It's the home of the North American International Auto Show. And when it was built, it was the largest convention space. But now it is the 16th largest in the country. Oh, wow. It's yeah. really gone down the charts there. Yeah. I mean, it was built in the 60s. That's fair, yeah. The site is historic because... It's the site where French colonialist Antoine de la Mothe Cadillac oh, yes. supposedly landed in Detroit there on July 24th, 1701 oh. and claimed the area for France. Okay. For the good of King Louis the 14th. That was the 16th. It's 14th. <laughs> I would have totally called you out on that one. It's funny because I even wrote it in like non-Roman numerals because I'm like, make it easy on yourself. Don't yeah. write the Roman numerals. And I still almost fucked it up. <laughs> I think because we're always used to hearing about Louis the 16th. Yeah. Because of Marie. Right. So, yeah. No, this is two Louis before that. So, the building was vision of former Detroit Mayor Albert Cobo, who, like I said, we'll talk about in a bit. Oh, no. Okay. The building opened on August 15th, 1960, after four years of construction. Cost to build the mid-century modern show place was 56 million. Mid-century modern being the style of architecture, not like those. Yes. You know, it's not like the... The Gibraltar show plays kind of thing. Mid-century yeah. modern show plays was 56 million at the time or about 441 million when adjusted for inflation. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of moolah. Yeah. All those Benjamins. Sorry. I know. You're good. 
So the building currently is 2.4 million square feet. It was not that big when it was built. Okay. I think it was about half that size when it was first built. Mm-hmm. Currently, 723,000 square feet of that is exhibition space. Yeah, I mean. It's a lot. It's huge in there. Yeah. It makes sense. The auto show. Cars are big. Yeah. I went to a Comic-Con there once. Really? Yeah. I, the co- I didn't really have Comic-Con there. I thought it was at the Renaissance. Or not the Renaissance. Renaissance. It's in no, no, no. It's in Novi usually at the show place, the whatever show place in Novi. Oh, yeah. But this one was a, I forget what the the main one is called, but this was a different one. Yeah. This might have been like the Motor City Comic Con or something. Like it was something specific. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Also, I've only a, been to two, by the way. Like, Yeah, I've been to one of those conventions. And it wasn't, it was the one that's in November. This like kind of anime-y. Yomicon, okay. maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about me neither that world to specifically and i mean both i had fun both times yeah no i would go to a convention yeah yeah so also with the original hall there was an arena and after they called kobo arena mm-hmm. uh, it was the home of the detroit pistons from 1961 through 1978 uh, until they moved i think maybe at that point it must have been probably the palace right or no i think the palace came later Anyway. I would have guessed the palace. Yeah, I guess that that probably makes sense. Because the palace, I mean, like, it got torn down, what, five years ago or something like that? So if it the palace had been just built- seems newer than 1978, though. I don't know. Yeah, but would they have torn it down? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Probably. It's just, like, it's gotten to the point where, like... Hold on. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like they've just gotten construction now where it's almost always cheaper to just build fresh. Which sucks because then people aren't reusing these buildings. We're just like build it and use it for a little bit and then tear it down, which is not great. Oh, you are correct. 1988. Okay. Because I was going to say, just you can tell from the architecture that's not 70s. Mm-hmm. But where did they play for a decade? Where were the Pistons? They were somewhere else. <laughs> there was also a lot of concerts at this venue, just to name a few of the acts that played there. The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, The Rolling Stones, The Who, Bruce Springsteen, Kiss, and Weezer. I went to the Weezer concert. At the Cobo Arena? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I went to Weezer and I also went to the Night 89X Stole Christmas where I met the punk rock band MXPX. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Offspring played. That was pretty cool too. Interesting. Yeah. Also things like presidential speeches, boxing, wrestling, figure skating, roller derby, and evil local graduation ceremonies are held. That were held there. I thought you were going to say like an evil clown convention or something. Oh, <laughs> It just sounded like you were saying evil for a second. Oh, no. Even local graduation ceremonies. Fun fact, every sitting president from 1960 to 2008, so Eisenhower, JFK, LBJ, Nixon, Mm -hmm. Ford, Carter, Reagan, both Bushes and then Clinton, Mm -hmm. and a partridge and a pear tree. You said figure skating, right? Yes. Are you going to talk about? Oh, no. Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, I didn't realize that that's where that happened. Yeah. That makes sense. That was at Kobo. Was it at Kobo? Yeah. Interesting. I only know because when I watched I, Tanya, uh-huh. I remember being like, because they, you know, they put like the location thing or something in the corner. I don't know how that didn't come up in any of my research of like, anyway. So a lot of presidents spoke there. Obama uh, visited before he was elected. So that's why it went until 2008. But he, he went there before he was president. Oh, so it doesn't count. It doesn't count. And I wrote Trump probably went to some landscaping place called like Kobo Landscaping instead. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yep, it was at Kobo. Damn. Okay, well, if you want more information on what happened to Nancy Kerrigan, go watch I, Tanya. It's a great movie. I haven't seen it, but I... Really? I've seen it a couple times. It I highly, highly recommend. Even for um, just Allison Janney and those glasses. I was going to say, she's so good. I was going to point her Allison out. I mean, like, the whole cast is great. But Allison Janney. Yeah, she's... A goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. Even when she's playing, a, like... Horrible person. Pretty awful character, Yeah. Yeah. So the arena was repurposed as part of a 2015 renovation project. The space was then turned into additional meeting halls, a glass atrium, and the 40,000 square foot Grand Riverview Ballroom, which what a weird name for a ballroom. Grand Riverview, because it's not the Grand River. And no. you're just like basically saying this view is grand. This view of the Detroit River is grand. Well, there is no Grand River, though. Not in Detroit, but there is a Grand River. Where? Grand Rapids. It's called the Grand River. I think so, isn't it? I can only remember the one in Lansing. Let me look now, because now Grand River, River Michigan. Yeah, it goes from it like starts around like the middle of the state and goes to Lake Michigan. 
Oh, interesting. So I was like, I'm not, there is a Grand River. A Grand River exists, well, but maybe it is the, not the one in Detroit. Maybe the Grand River Ballroom that was just talking about the large river. Yes. Or it's just a Grand River View because it's the Grand yeah. River View it's beautiful. Ballroom. Yeah. So they got that going for them. <laughs> also, the already massive space was expanded in 1989. The renovation and expansion had a price tag of $225 million and nearly it doubled the space to its current size of 2.4 million square feet. Okay. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. Also, in the eight, late 80s, they decided to add the words conference and exhibition to the name, so it became the Kobo Conference slash Exhibition Center. Rolls off the tongue. Again. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so like I mentioned, the North American International Auto Show is... That's it's been its home since 1965. Uh, it's kind of the event everyone knows it for, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's been happening since 1965. Both last year and this year, it did not happen. Yeah, which for obvious reasons, they just couldn't behind a date. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if they're doing it in 2022 because that's coming up. Yeah, well, it's usually January, right? Yeah, so it's. Been in January, which I'm like, why the fuck do you bring people to Detroit when the wind hurts your face season? I don't know. The only reason I knew that is because there's a 5K and it was a really cheap one. And when I was doing one 5K a month, January was always a hard month to find one in. Yeah. So I always did that one. Well, interesting. 2020 was supposed to be the first year it was going to be held in June. Oh, that's hilarious. Right? Because they could have had it in 2020 had they done it in January. But then um, Miss Rona came to town and shut that down. She said, nah. She's like, not on my watch. Uh, there's also an event there called Detroit Autorama. Have you heard of this? No. So it's also known as America's Greatest Hot Rod Show. Oh, I'm it's, shocked I haven't heard of it. Yeah. I wrote, it's kind of like a dog show, but for cars. <laughs> oh, because it's someone just, needs to make a Christopher Guest movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Probably Christopher Guest should make a Christopher Guest movie. We'll call him after <laughs> this. We'll call him after this. Mr. Guest, we have a <laughs> proposition for you. But there is an award for best in show called the Don Riddler Memorial Award. Top car. They can, I guess, jump through the most hoops or whatever. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so Detroit Autorama was started in 1953, but it was originally held at U of Detroit's Memorial Building. And then mm-hmm. from 54 to 60, it was at the Coliseum at the Michigan State Fairgrounds. Callback. Mm-hmm. But then it was moved to the convention center in 1961, has been going there ever since. And I couldn't figure out if it's happened this past year, but I probably. Probably I, not. I, yeah, I would, I would have mm-hmm. guess not. I was going to say, I know they've been doing stuff there, but also like the whole under, because there's that underground parking garage yeah. there. And that was, um that I think it still is, but vaccinations. Yeah, it is. Vac- it is. I got my first two vaccinations there. Ooh, nice. I was at Ford Field. But so now we're going to talk about Kobo. The okay. Kobo mm-hmm. in. Kobo Hall. The man. The man. The man, the myth, the apparent dick that we're going to learn about Kobo. Yeah. So like I said, he was the mayor who got the ball rolling, but never saw it completed because he died in office at the age of 63 in 1957. So three years before the project was done. And that's kind of why they named it after him. So like, oh man, you know, it was he died before it got. So let's name it after him in his honor. Mm hmm. Around 2017, a former free press writer named Dan Austin had posted comments on Facebook talking about the name of a restaurant in Corkdown being renamed because it was basically a Thai slur for transgender women. I don't know if you remember that. It was like Kotai or something like that. No, I don't. Um, it got renamed though, right? Yeah. Okay. It was like... That's good. It went from being Kotai to like Takoy. They basically just switched two syllables around. That's why... No, no. That, oh, I know what restaurant you're talking about now. Yeah. That's why it changed? Yeah. Okay, so here's the weird thing about that. Just really quick side story. It changed, though, because they got broken into. Uh And, like, I think some money and, like, a bunch of their liquor got stolen. I think it was also set on fire. Damn. And so they had to renovate. And when they reopened, that's when the name change happened. So everybody just assumed it was, like, everybody that I talked to just assumed it was because of that. No, I guess the original name, like, was, like, a, a Thai slur for transgender women. Okay, so basically, like. Needed a little more research before yeah, they yeah. they put it out. That that's so interesting. I'm not gonna lie, though, their food is really good. I've only had it once. But. I've never been there. I don't know her, but so Dan was like, "Y'all mad about this, but you're not mad about Cobo Hall being named after a mayor whose racially motivated policies divided the city, wiped out black neighborhoods, and basically set the city up for decline." Ooh. That happened. 
Yeah. And this is why we research history. Yeah. So that we can yep. at least change names of things. Like, yeah. To not so, represent those people. Here's what had happened. Mm-hmm. So when he was campaigning, his main two issues were race and public housing. Mm. He vehemently opposed what he called, quote, Negro invasions that he thought to be caused by public housing. Uh. He was quoted on the campaign trail saying the following that once elected, quote, it will not be the purpose of the administration to scatter public housing projects throughout the city just because funds may be forthcoming from the federal government. I will not approve federal housing projects in the outlying single home areas. Um, yeah. The really federal, sad thing is he got elected on that platform. He sure did. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So he justified this garbage opinion, claiming that he was protecting the rights of those who had invested in the single family areas. Mm-mm. Yeah. So on top of opposing any efforts to make decent public housing, he actively stopped an effort called the Schoolcraft Gardens Cooperative. Mm-hmm. That was private. It was a privately funded effort to design a model for spacious modern townhomes. So there was like this idea that they wanted to make like a public housing that wasn't just bland, high density buildings. Cause that's kind of what we had up until that point. Like mm-hmm. the other public housing projects at this point were the Jeffries Brewster and Douglas projects. Mm-hmm. There were, as we know, the high density city dwellings that were just like a box to check rather than like actually trying to solve a problem mm-hmm. or make of, comfortable housing. Right. Yeah. So this initiative was backed by the UAW despite pressure from community groups that were trying to restrict the developments to whites only. Okay. So like they were really trying, they were like the project advocates wanted this to be a racially integrated area. They're like, we want to try and build this model community. Yeah. In all honesty too, I'm sure a lot of people in the city, particularly like working in the city, particularly like those auto jobs. Yeah. They should be able to live here. And There are a lot of people of color in those jobs. Right. So UAW was behind it, mm-hmm. which was good. But then um, the racist weren't, apparently, you know. Yep. So <laughs> they sent over 10,000 postcards of protest to city <laughs> officials, which why fucking postcards? That's weird. Right? What year? This is like this is the 50s. The 50s. Well, I think that was just like a fa- that was like texting. Yeah, that's basically yeah. in the 50s. Like just like a short little like, mm-hmm. like we don't want your neighborhood. Yeah. We just want our racist policies. And they couldn't really track that either too. So like people could send like a hundred each yeah. or more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could just sit there with a stack of postcards. Oh yeah. So they got over 10,000. We don't know how from how many people. but From two people. Yeah. <laughs> 12 fundamentalist racist Christian ministers signed resolutions to condemn the project because, as we all know, the Bible said, love thy neighbor unless they're black. Hmm. Yeah. uh, I just can't with the church lately. They're just like Michigan's right now proposing to include sexual orientation in the language of like on the basis of sex, including sexual orientation that in that description. Mm hmm. And like, there's a bunch of groups for it. And there's just one random Catholic group that was like, we don't want this. And I'm like, how does this affect you? Why are mm-hmm. you chiming in? Wait, where would this be? Michigan, like, the state of Michigan. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm not following. Yeah. So they want to. So basically like. Include it where though? Just like in legal protections for like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I mean. Yeah. In legal yeah. protections on the like discrimination based on the basis oh, of sex. Okay. Yeah. No, now it's it not, totally makes sense. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that? Like, I don't know. Well, because they're the ones who probably <laughs> will. They're just, yeah. I'm like, I don't know really how this affects them, but they're like, we want to be against it. And I'm like, cool, sis. Like, yeah, they want their right to be jackasses to other people. Yeah. Because as the Bible says, love thy neighbor unless they're different from you. Yeah. Anyway, Maricomo or Maricobo is basically like, I'm on your side, racist fam. Let's just veto the city council's authorization to rezone the area so construction can start. So basically, this whole thing was like going to happen. It was a privately funded like initiative. Mm-hmm. 
all city council really had to do was pass this rezoning so construction start. And the mayor was like, not on my watch. And basically shut the whole thing down by doing that. Wow. Yeah. So not a good guy, this Kobo man. No, not at all. Yeah. So obviously once people were kind of like made aware of this, people were like, we got to change this. So also 2017, this was when this was happening too, marked the 50th anniversary of the 1967 Detroit riot. Okay. So Mayor Duggan proposed a name change due to this because of the reappraisal of Mayor Kobo's tenure. And he started discussions to like start looking for a buyer for the building's name rights. Mm-hmm. In February of that year, a deal would be struck with Detroit-based financial institution Chemical Financial Corp. Oh, that sounds made up. Right. Have you ever seen that chemical bank? Mm. I feel like I see them very random places. I don't know if they're around anymore now that I'm saying it out loud, but I remember seeing them around growing up like chemical bank. But you're probably thinking like, wait, if chemical financial group bought the rights, how did it get named TCF? Here's where we're going. So they struck the deal with chemical. It was called the chemical? Chemical financial group. Okay. Okay. So uh, they struck a deal with the city for a 22 years and $33 million deal to cover building maintenance and improvements. Okay. So the name was not changed right away because at the time, Chemical Financial Group was in the process of a merger with TCF Financial Corp. Oh, okay. So basically, like, we're merging. Hold off on that name change, but we want the rights. Yeah, because we're going to go with the big company that's yeah. more well-known. Yeah. So the merger was completed in August of that year, and the building was renamed the TCF Center. Okay. At the time, the TCF Financial Chairman, Gary Torgo, said the following. Today, a name of the past comes down from these walls, and we proudly and honorably replace it with a name that stands for community and inclusion and a powerful future for everyone who's associated with it. Okay. Which we can laugh at that later, because the name didn't even last two years, I don't think. Or no, it lasted a few years. It's been a second. It has. Yeah. Yeah, I guess August of 2017. It didn't stay long, though. No, but I feel like I just got used to calling it TCF. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so also I have a quote from Reverend Wendell Anthony, who is the president of the Detroit NAACP branch, had the following to say, quote, Names conjure up images of character and behavior and help to identify who you are and what you may stand for. The name Kobo is not one that has brought to this convention center the level of respect and appreciation of all Detroiters. Now, some 60 years later, it has reminded us of an era we seek to want to keep in the past, never to be resurrected in the future, even though there are those today who are seeking to take us back to a period of division and discrimination. Hmm. That was a nice statement. Yeah. yeah. Very eloquent. Yeah. So the reason I was like laughing at the TCF chairmans of like a promising future, a powerful future for everyone associated with it. Mm hmm. Like, also, like, where is this chairman coming from? I'm assuming he's not in Detroit. Yeah, no, because he's TCF. Yeah. So barely a year after the merger of Chemical and TCF, TCF had announced that they were merging with Huntington Bank. Yeah. Okay. So the merger was completed in July of this year, and the TCF name died with it. So TCF doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they're like, we don't need this TCF name anymore. Mm-hmm. So like the entire TCF brand is dead. Which is why they're like, we got to rename this ship. You know what I just put together? It's really interesting that two of the largest, not the largest, but two of the larger buildings downtown are banks. Yeah. Or, you know, bank owned. Bank named, yeah. Comerica Park and now Huntington yeah. Center. Place. Place. Because mm. that Here's why it's they changed it. So on December 9th, it got the new name of Huntington Place. And you're probably like, why is it Huntington Place and not Huntington Center? Well, Huntington is an Ohio-based company, and they already have the naming rights to a hockey arena in Toledo that's called Huntington Center. Oh, that would be confusing then. Because, I mean, they're only like an hour apart, too. Right. Yeah. Tuli do, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit more, but we're almost at the end here. The group in charge of the facility is called the Detroit Regional Convention Facility Authority, and it's made up of officials from the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, and one from each of the tri-counties. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that, like, Mm-hmm. That's who's in charge. It's like one person from each of those organizations. I mean, it makes sense because I mean, I mean, anybody can obviously go to things there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But the the bulk of the people coming in for events right. are probably from those areas. So yeah. 
So just some noteworthy and topical recent history. In April of 2020, the center had been converted to a thousand bed alternate care site to relieve local medical facilities, Mm -hmm. which was temporarily known as the TCF Regional Care Facility. (laughs) So they only ended up treating like 39 patients at the time before like COVID countermeasures started to lessen the loads on hospitals. Mm hmm. But it sounds like it was kept on standby for a while. Then, like like you said, was later used for vaccinations and is still doing so and started offering third doses starting in August of this year. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a wrap on Huntington Place. My sources real quick is the Detroit Free Press, Wikipedia, Historic Detroit, the Huntington Place website, and the Michigan Meetings and Events magazine issue summer 2020. Wow. Yeah. That was fantastic because... First of all, had no idea about Mr. Kobo. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad to know that because now I I can very easily put that name to rest in my head. Yeah. Because I will always associate it yeah. with the person now. And mergers are weird. Yeah. <laughs> mergers are weird. And also just like it is interesting that like, you know, we did use it. I feel like it's a lot less common to name buildings after people now. It's all companies because oh, the yeah. companies can buy the naming rights, which I guess makes sense knowing that like they pay $33 million for the naming rights, but that money goes towards maintaining the building. So it's kind of smart, actually. Yeah. I I'm mean, less salty about it than I was. Of just It doesn't like, bother me. It is kind of comical, though. That, yeah. Too, you, you know, we look around Detroit, for instance, and you have like Little Caesars. And, yeah. Because you always like drop the last word anywhere. Anyway, right. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I'm going to Comerica. I'm going to Little Caesars. Now it's going to be, I'm going to Huntington. And like, yeah, it's weird that it's so corporate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just shows the, uh, it shows where it's we're America at in at time. It's finest, yeah. Yeah. Which there's some problems with that too, but at least, oh, I guess yeah. like at least we're not naming them after problematic We've people. We've moved on from problematic people to just companies that will learn to be problematic in the future. I was going to say, but <laughs> 20 years from now, is there going to be a story about how problematic, you know? Yeah. Probably. Just name so. things like the Detroit Convention Center, you know? Yeah. I would think that would be pretty straightforward. But they can't make money off of that. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Or like even Detroit River Center or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something at least topical to like where it's located. Yeah. Look, you can see Canada from the Windows Center. Yeah. <laughs> the Don't Try and Cross the River by Swimming Center. Mm-hmm. It's a bad idea. Yeah. That's that's in parentheses. Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> and then below that, more parentheses. Would not recommend. <laughs> For real, don't do it. Canada's watching. <laughs> the Canada's watching center. Don't embarrass us. Right. <laughs> Canada's watching. Don't do that. They can see Stop us. Stop it, guys. We have to get our best behavior at the border. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for doing that story. No problem. Like I, I, like I saw the article in the free press with the name changing and I'm like, I've like never thought to do the, the that center. Then once I started researching Kobo, I'm like, oh, I got to bring this. I got to bring this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like you can find some really interesting things in history. A lot of it's not great. Some, once in a while you find somebody that you're like, oh, I love them. But right. unfortunately, those aren't the people that generally had buildings named after them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but again, it's good to know. Cause like now I can, you know, right. Sever that tie yeah. in my head going, Oh, that guy's a dick. Yep. Yeah. I would have never thought to do a story about that. And I'm so glad you did. Cause that was incredibly interesting. Yeah. That was one of the ones where I was, I was like, I could do a story about this. And the more I kept researching, I'm like, Oh, this is really interesting. I love when that happens. Yeah. When you just start on a roll and you're like, yep. I want to read more. Right. Oh, that's why we do this. Right. That's the whole reason for doing this podcast. Absolutely. And then we take whoever wants to listen along on our journey. Come along on our journey. I almost started snapping and then realized I would probably sound terrible into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you did that, I have a two truths and a lie. Yay. Woohoo. And this one is because literally tomorrow is Christmas Eve or Christmas I don't know when this comes out. It's the Honda days. Happy Honda days. Happy Happy Honda Honda days. days. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, This is what it is right now. Yeah. Around. So, including in movies. Yes. Which I've been talking about terrible Christmas movies, but I've got two truths in life for you about 
probably like more well-known across the board Christmas movies. Uh-huh. Some are classics. All are classics. I had to look at my three things. Uh-huh. And then I've got some fun facts afterwards, too. Ooh, we love a fun fact. Yes. I found a lot, actually. I love I love movie trivia. Same. So, number one. Okay. A Charlie Brown Christmas was supposed to have a laugh track. Okay. Number two. Home Alone was originally supposed to star Ben Savage. Okay. Number three. Gremlins originally was written to include a scene where the gremlins eat Billy's dog. Okay. I'm going to go with number one being the lie. Number one is true, which is weird to think about. Yeah. So basically in the 60s, it was very standard practice to have a laugh track. Even on like cartoons, it would like be a pre-recorded, you know, live audience. And executive producer Lee Mendelson told Charles Schultz that he didn't see the peanut special as being any different from this practice. Uh-huh. That's when Schultz got up, left the room for a few minutes before returning and pretending the, that nothing had ever happened. Uh-huh. And basically Mendelssohn took the cue and cut the laugh track. Which is good. Uh-huh. Nobody needs like we don't need laugh tracks that often. Especially I'll decide if it's funny. You know? Yeah. Well, and that was it. It was supposed to cue people when to laugh and it's like no. This isn't really a laughy cartoon, you know? <laughs> well, and also pe- let people laugh when they're going to laugh. Right. Yeah. But it was used in like the Flintstones, which I don't remember, but I also haven't watched the Flintstones in a while. I could see that. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, you didn't take out the dinosaur trash. And then the dinosaur trash can just like, <laughs> it's a living. And it's, ah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I did that weird laugh again. <laughs> I love that weird laugh. I had so much fun doing that on stage. Anyway. Do okay. You, do you do you want to refresh on the other two? No, I think I got it. So like the number three sounds true to me. I could see the gremlins eating a dog. Number th- is that what you're going with? I'm gonna go with number two, being a lie. Oh, number okay. three yeah, sounds yeah. true. Yeah, that's okay. what I was. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Number two is the lie. Okay. And basically, the role was written specifically for Macaulay Culkin. Uh huh. He had starred in John Hughes' Uncle Buck. Okay. And basically. Sorry. And basically, he was a very precocious character yeah. in that, and he did it very well. There's even a scene where he's like interrogating a potential babysitter through a mail slot, uh-huh. which there's a part in Home Alone where he. Mail slot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so Chris Columbus basically did eventually go with him, but he it was also written for him. But they did audition over 100 other preteens for the part, still ultimately giving it to. Macaulay Culkin. I'm making a bunch of weird connections. In my head. I like I'll, one. I always forget that Home Alone is a John Hughes movie. I do too. Actually, when I read it, I was like, "Oh, I guess that makes sense, though." Yeah, it like definitely makes sense once you hear, it, but you don't think it. Wait, is it though? It is. No, it definitely is. Oh, okay. And then like Chris Columbus. I didn't know Chris Columbus was involved because I've been thinking about him lately because he directed at least the first Harry Potter movie, if not the oh, he second. Did? Okay. Two. Yeah. Um, because you can definitely tell the shift from like the second to third movies because they changed directors and yeah, also it gets Dumbledore's. Like, um, Less yeah, light. Yeah. Yeah. I think the story does too, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then the third one, I'm going to go into a little bit deeper. Yes, yes. So Gremlins was written to be very dark. Uh Basically, they were supposed to eat Billy's dog, and then they were supposed to decapitate Billy's mom, finishing by throwing her head down the stairs. Work. Yeah. It was agreed, however, by producer Steven Spielberg and director Joe Dante and Warner Brothers that the movie should be toned down to make it more family friendly. Probably a good move. I think so. And also, too, in one in one version of it, Gizmo was actually supposed to turn into a gremlin, the one named Stripe. I've actually never seen gremlins. Well, I'm still going to tell you this. Yeah, go for it. He was supposed to turn into one of the gremlins, one named Stripe. Uh Uh, But basically, they were like, I think Spielberg was the one who piped in and was like, people Uh are going to want to see more Gizmo. Yeah. Which he's not wrong. Gizmo's the cutest. I do want a Mogwai. Yeah. Well, no, not really, though. That's a lot of work and I can barely take care of myself. So, no. Like a stuffed animal version of Gizmo. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Although I don't know what to do with stuffed animals as an adult. Um, That's also a very good point. I would get one and give it to somebody's child. That's what I'm thinking about getting my impending niece or nephew for Christmas. Yeah. A nice little stuffed animal. Like you could do one that like every year until they're too old for it. And that would be like a cute tradition. Yeah. What's Uncle Alex going to get me this year? Yeah. Yeah. Or Lego set. Yes. When they're, when when they're, they're not, old, when old they're, enough to not eat the fucking Legos. Yeah. So basically you transition away from stuffed animal to Lego set. Yes. 
done plan. Yes. Got the first 10 years of this kid's life gifted out already. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. You continue with the Lego sets forever. That's oh, just yeah. it now. <laughs> oh, I mean, I still love Legos. I love I get a Lego one for my dad every year, but it's those like little package ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then I probably re-gift it to a child. <laughs> Do you at least do it first yourself? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, they're like a five minute one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a couple other fun facts about Christmas movies. Jim Perry was initially approached to be an elf. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The script first emerged in 1993, which was about 10 years before it was actually produced. Yeah. So basically it moved so slow. And by the time they got around to it, then Will Ferrell was cast. Yeah. Christmas Vacations, Cousin Eddie, is based on a real person. Okay. Randy Quaid borrowed his mannerisms from a guy he knew up growing up in Texas, specifically the tongue-clicking thing that he does. Oh, yeah. hmm Merry Christmas. The shitter's full. <laughs> uh, there were actually, hmm, actually, there were actually four additional plot lines in Love Actually when originally scripted. Oh, God. hmm Do you like that movie? Are you a Love Actually person? I like it, but I think I've seen it enough for my lifetime. I've seen it once, and I think that was enough for I needed to see it for my lifetime. I used to watch it every couple years for a bit. But it was always like one of those things where there was like one storyline I liked more than the other ones. So yeah. then it got kind of like, I don't care about this storyline. Yeah. And I'm a thing. So I don't know. It's fine. There, Remember when those were really popular? Like there was that, and like, they, like there was... New Year's Day, and then there was Valentine's Day, and all these mm-hmm. with like 17 actors playing. Bar. It all started with 200 Cigarettes, the greatest New Year's Eve movie of all time, yes. which is a multiple plot. Actually, there's probably another movie before that, too. But in my head, it started yes. with 200 Cigarettes, which sadly, my burned DVD copy has a few scratches in it. No. Does it still play at least? It plays for the most part. Oh, it's the same. It's had scratches for years. Okay. I still play it every year on New Year's Eve. And you can't buy it on DVD. That's such that's so weird and such a bummer. It's one of those things. I think there's so much music in it or something like that. I read a whole thing about it. So it's like the it would be the really expensive to like get obtain those rights to make DVD copies at this point. Gotcha. So it's yeah. And it's not streaming anywhere, and it should be because I love that movie. Yeah. I'm not even saying it's a great movie, but I love that movie. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. It's about my birthday. So Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, back to the extra four plot lines or yeah, plot lines. And yes. actually initially director Richard Curtis aimed to include 14 stories in total. Oh God. Two were cut during scripting and two more were cut in post. Okay. The ones that were cut during scripting, one involved a girl with a wheelchair, which that's all it said in this thing I was reading, which I was like, cool. That's Very not a storyline. That's one, yeah. Whatever. And one was about a boy who loved, uh, who records a love song for a classmate who ultimately hooks up with his drummer. Okay. And then the ones that were cut in post, one featured an African couple supporting each other during a famine. What? Yeah. Okay. Which does not go with like the vibe of the movie per se. Or the setting. Or the setting. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like is everything else is like in England. Right. I'm assuming near London. Right. And I don't, I don't know. How would that have worked? Yeah. I, I don't, don't know how that would have worked out. Yeah. And another followed a headmistress revealing her longtime commitment to her lesbian partner. That one I can kind of get behind, but also mm-hmm. that's too many storylines. Oh yeah. That's way too many storylines, but it would have been, I don't know. It would have been nice to have more diversity in the movie for sure. Oh, absolutely. I think there would have been better ways. These cuts make sense because they didn't. Well, the one would have been fine with the movie. Actually, the headmistress one would yeah. have worked in that movie. The other ones seem odd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the wheelchair one has nothing. So right. I don't know what that actual storyline was. So we're gonna move on from Love Actually, though. Okay. <laughs> Bill Murray was actually the first choice for the lead in Bad Santa. Interesting. Yeah, okay. but he had to drop it to shoot Lost in Translation. Okay. That's a good movie, so lucky us. Yeah. and But eventually, obviously, the role went to Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. And also, in the Czech Republic, it's called Santa is a Pervert. Love it. <laughs> I love, like, weird translation of movie titles. I remember I did a bonus round for trivia, and I was just like, 
what movie like I just gave like the translated title and mm-hmm. like what movie is this actually talking about? Oh, that's a that would be a fun game, right? Yeah, I would like that. Um, a few more things. Bill Murray again. He improvised a lot of his lines in the movie Scrooged. Okay, which if you haven't seen, that's a very good movie. I haven't actually. I, I was had a feeling. Literally thinking about it today, how I hadn't seen Scrooge. Yeah, so you should like definitely watch up. Scrooge. Okay. And director Richard Donner once described shooting with Bill Murray as quote. It's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are out and you're a traffic cop. Okay. <laughs> I kind of love that description. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was inspired by a trip from New York to Chicago that John Hughes took before he was an official screenwriter. Uh-huh. At that point, he was a copywriter for an ad agency in Chicago, but he had an 11 a.m. presentation in New York on a Wednesday. He planned to return that night at 5 p.m., Winter winds forced all flights to Chicago to be canceled, so he stayed in a hotel. Mm-hmm. A snowstorm in Chicago the next day continued delays. The plane he eventually got on ended up being diverted to Denver. From Chicago to Denver? From No, from New York to Denver. Like He, was doing yeah, train, no, no, like yeah. the, he left from New York and oh, it was yeah, intended yeah. for Chicago. They're like, yeah. nope, let's go to Denver instead. Yep, and Love then it. Phoenix. Oh, God. He didn't make it back until Monday, so five days later. And that's what inspired him to write the first 60 pages of planes, trains, and automobiles in just six hours. I get it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, this one's interesting. So I didn't know, but some of the puppets from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer actually went missing, oh. as in all of them. And they showed up again in 2006 on Antiques Roadshow, two of them. Basically. Interesting. Yeah, Rudolph and Santa. And a woman who had worked for Rankin Bass had been storing them in her attic since the 70s. Before that, she actually let her kids play with them. Uh-huh. So there was little wear and tear. Rudolph's red nose was missing, and nobody knows what happened to Santa's eyebrows. It just got waxed right off. Yep. The puppets were fully restored and are now on display in the Center for Puppetry Arts. Where's that at? I have Pro- no idea. I okay, meant to look yeah. it up, and I forgot. You're good. <laughs> Rudolph, by the way, also has a son named Robbie. Interesting. And according to the BBC, they developed three cartoons based on Rudolph's offspring, but they would never mention that Rudolph was the dad. Uh-huh. The plot line was that the villain of the series, Blitzen, couldn't stand to hear the name Rudolph. So that's why it's never said. Yeah. But actually, it's because they couldn't get permission to use it. Interesting. Yeah. In another movie, one. In 1947, the FBI issued a memo noting that It's a Wonderful Life was potential, quote, communist infiltration of the motion picture industry. Basically citing its, quote, rather obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This, according to these sources, is a common trick used by communists. I just like am picturing like every time a bell, like teach it every time a bell rings, communist gets their way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and one more. This one's kind of a silly one, but the Grinch was originally black and white as written in the Dr. Seuss books because it was all black and white with like a little trace, I think, of like some pinks and reds. Yeah. As most of his books. Yeah. And Chuck Jones was inspired when he rented a very ugly green car Uh to turn the Grinch green. I believe for the cartoon version. Yeah. And that is some holiday movie fun facts. Which perfect time of year for it because like now when you're watching it with your family like did you know? You know. (laughs) Yeah. Not gonna lie. Now I kind of know what I want to watch because I do I really do want to rewatch Scrooge. It's been a couple of years. Maybe we could watch it together. Sometime oh my gosh, that'd be such a delight. Yes. Such a delight. Yes. Watch a, a comedy legend. Yes. Bill Murray. Bill fucking Murray. And then I also want to watch Muppet Christmas Carol, which actually, anyway, this seen time, either. that was the first Muppet movie without Jim Henson. I've never seen a Muppets movie. I've never seen anything Muppets. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know how I've missed, managed to miss it all this time, but I like, I don't know. Like for the longest time, I thought that, that, that it was like synonymous with Sesame Street. I'm like, oh, it's a children's thing, right? And then I was like, oh, no, I, no, 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 no. Yeah, Especially was, the show. The yeah. show was not for kids. 
I learned that like this past year, I think. When they re-released it. I still, like, I've never watched any of it. I was oh, just, like, they just like re-released all of the original Muppet okay. show stuff on like, I think it was like Paramount Plus or something. I can't remember. That tracks. Or is it Disney? One of them. I don't know. They re-released it somewhere. And I watched a couple of my, I should go back to them. That's a good thing to like visit for a while and then like leave and visit for a while. Just, it's like, very like, yeah. it's the epitome of the 70s. Okay. Show. I can get behind them. Because, like, they had guests all the time. Uh-huh. Like, I'm pretty sure Cher was on it. Just uh-huh. to, like, put the, I'm, I'd be surprised if she wasn't, but I'm pretty sure I remember that she was. But the movies are really good, too. The original couple ones, again, like, they're not not for kids, but they were definitely made, like, with They've adults They've got, like, in mind. wink, wink, nudge, nudges to adults kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where, like, a kid wouldn't pick up on it, but it's definitely there. A few of them, yeah. 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 And the, the newer ones that, um, like, Jason Siegel has been doing oh yeah 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 they're, they've got a slightly different tone to them they're still really good and they're still like very yeah. adult friendly but they're definitely more well they're like musicals or at least the one was i didn't see the newest one but they're more like musicals they have a slightly different like temperature i'd say to them yeah um and actually the ones kind of in those mid-years have their own flair too like when i say mid-years i mean muppet christmas carol uh treasure island which is another of my favorites uh but christmas carol is so good. Okay. There's, I quote that movie quite often. <laughs> I believe it. And I think it's why I'm obsessed with like, if I'm writing something around Christmas, including a tiny Tim like character. Oh yeah. Just from that movie alone, because it's Kermit's, whatever his nephew's name is, plays tiny Tim. Yeah. And it's cute. And also Rizzo the rat. If you don't know what that is, you need to watch the Muppet movie. I don't know her, but I'll know her. I think too. you would like Rizzo the rat. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to plan a double feature Scrooge in that. That would be the perfect. Oh my gosh. That yeah. would be perfect. Yes. <sighs> well, we got to get planning. I know. But in the meantime, I think that means we're wrapped here. Like all the presents I still have to wrap. And buy on in my part. I have to buy things. Yeah. I'm almost done with the shopping. Mainly. but Digital you know- gift card, anyone? I don't think a newborn can do much with a digital gift card. They can't do anything with anything. This is also true. So, wrapped like a present. If you want to find our social media, it's at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our Gmail address of DetroitStrange at gmail.com. If you want to give us a present and support the show, yes. Uh, you can do that by joining us over on Patreon. Just look up Detroit Strange, or we've got our Threadless shop if you want to get a little present for yourself. Yes. And do I plug something else? <laughs> I think what? we're I think we're good with the plugs. Whatever you're doing this weekend, just do it well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the wide wise words of the Spice Girls: If you can't be good, be careful. Whatever you do, do it like a lady. Perfect. This is the intro of their cover of Sleigh Ride. Okay. It's bonkers. Perfect, then. Yeah. That is our, our advice to everybody. Yeah. But I think... Until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. If you can't be good, be careful. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Stacks and Violence.